Hey, my name is Nino, and I'm going to be your host for today. Welcome to My Immigrant Story, where we interview first-generation Canadian tech professionals and entrepreneurs and learn more about how they discovered Canada as a country and set themselves up for career success. Happy listening! Hey everyone, today I'm speaking with Josh Shacknell. Josh is the co-founder and CEO of Visto AI, a platform that makes it easy for Canadian companies to find amazing tech talent from around the world and bring them to Canada. He's also an immigration lawyer and partner at a Toronto-based immigration law firm called Merbaha Shakno LLP. I'd like to let everyone know that today is a special episode of our podcast. Typically, we bring Canadian newcomer professionals and entrepreneurs to learn more about their immigration journey. However, this time, our guest is a Canadian immigration lawyer with multiple years of experience working with both tech companies and immigrants under his belt. We'll be diving into his experiences in the industry and any unique insights he's gained along the way. So excited to have you here, Josh. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me, Nino. I'm really excited and hopefully we can share some interesting stuff and help some people out. For sure. And I would like to start with asking about your background, actually, especially in the Canadian immigration space. How long have you been working as an immigration lawyer and what kinds of roles did you hold in the past? Yeah, I've been working in immigration exclusively for about five and a half years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I, uh, was called to the bar in 27, mid 2017. Mm -hmm. And I actually completely fell backwards into the immigration space. So I had no plans to be an immigration lawyer. I graduated from law school. I never took the course in law school. I uh, articled at a medium-sized firm in Ottawa that did no immigration. But when I finished articling, I I hadn't found an area of law that I really loved at that time. So I was kind of looking for other opportunities to Mm -hmm. figure out what I should do. And to make a long story short, a -hmm. very good friend of mine from Ottawa, I'm born and raised in Ottawa, and a good Mm -hmm. friend of mine from growing up said, hey, my dad is a retiring immigration lawyer. He's closing his firm. But he mm-hmm. would love to kind of, you know, work with a junior lawyer and mentor someone newer in the space. Would mm-hmm. you want to do that? And so I said, yes. And there was obviously some, you know, research and thinking that went into that and talking to different people and learning about the industry. Mm-hmm. But I said yes. And that was a little over five years ago. And I guess, oh. I, you know, I got lucky and I'm glad I took up the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. That's an interesting way to start. And uh like you said, you weren't really planning to end up in immigration, but then you ended up in it. So I was going to ask, when did you develop a passion for the tech and startup spaces? Because I personally haven't seen that many immigration lawyers like get that actively into tech before, especially when it comes to startups. It's a little bit of an older school industry. Yeah, it's a good question. So when we, what ended up happening was I started my own practice because mm-hmm. he was closing his down mm-hmm. and said, listen, you know, just start your own practice and I'll support you in whatever way you want. So I said, mm-hmm. sure. And kind of the, the entrepreneurial side of me, I have a BCom, I, I have a business degree. And so that side, you know, mm-hmm. was kind of intriguing. And so anyways, what my friend also suggested was, hey, at this, at that time, this was 2017, mm-hmm. Canada was coming out with all these innovative immigration programs. Mm-hmm. for skilled workers and tech companies. Global Talent Stream had come out in the middle of that year. Express mm-hmm. Entry had come out in 2015. So he was like, you guys should think about targeting the tech industry, right? Because mm-hmm. there's all this demand. There's all these tech workers that want to come here. There's all these companies that need to hire. Mm-hmm. So we ended up focusing really, you know, we, we built like a niche law firm working almost exclusively. I'm talking like 95% of my work was mm-hmm. with tech companies in Canada. 
helping them bring software developers and engineers into the country. Mm -hmm. And so that was really exciting because I got to work with, you know, up and coming tech companies and seeing what was being built and, you know, the future, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And after a few years of that, I started looking around and noticing that there was no tech happening in the immigration space. And so decided that, you know, hey, maybe part of why is because a lot of the domain experts in that space, immigration, were lawyers and consultants who maybe weren't as innovative or weren't as incentivized to go start a tech company. Because, you know, you open up a firm and it's pretty lucrative. You know, you you make a good living. And so I said, you know what? Let's let's build some tech. And and that was two and a half years ago. And here we are today. Wow. So I'm assuming that's kind of where Visto comes into the equation. Like, is that what prompted you to start Visto? And like, in general, how did that move tie into the work that you've been doing so far? And I also saw that you are a partner at a law firm as well. So did that also play into that somehow? Like, just curious to see how you figured out how you want to move forward with the tech play. Yeah, so it it really all happened because of what I just said, just kind of like seeing it as what I thought was a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I was just getting bored of doing people's paperwork. And I was like, (laughs) well, you know, if if you do, you know, you're if you're an immigrant, you're going through the process maybe a couple of times, right? You maybe you're filing a study permit a few years later, work permit, a few years later, PR. Mm -hmm. When you're filing applications every day or every week. Wow. It's pretty boring, right? Like you're filling out, you know, in in our case was doing a lot of mostly work permits. Mm -hmm. So when you fill out, you know, IMM 1295 a hundred times, right? It it gets a little boring. So anyways, that was kind of what prompted me to think, well, what would, you know, what would be more fun as well, right? As as I move on in my career personally and just want to do more innovative, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's what kind of prompted me to start thinking about what eventually became Visto. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time I was connected with, you know, I was starting to look around and, you know, figure out what, what was the best way to do it? What business, you know, what tech should we build? Because you know, there's a lot in immigration, you know, do you go for international students? Do you help with PR? Do we help with companies and work permits and yeah. citizenship, or refugees, et cetera, et cetera. Right. There's so, much. so anyways, yeah, I mean, there's so much and, and a lot of opportunity and there still is, I think. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, started getting connected to the right people mm-hmm. and realized, well, so I, I knew what I kind of wanted to do to start Visto, but I still mm-hmm. had this law firm, right? This business, these clients, people were happy. I was continuing to get mm-hmm. referrals. And to make a long story short, I didn't want to just shut that door totally because number one, I wanted to make sure my previous clients were getting the right service. Mm-hmm. And number two, because I was still going to be in the immigration space with Visto, yeah. I saw that, you know, the asset or, you know, that having a law firm that could kind of help where and when is needed yeah. would probably be helpful in the long run. So Absolutely. my law firm partner, Sonia, so the Merbaha of, of, our, of the title of yeah. our law firm, I had met at Collision, which is, oh, yeah. uh, have you been? I'm going this June, actually, for the first time. Oh, cool. So I'll, I'll see you there. It's a great event. If, for mm-hmm. those who don't know, it's, I think, the biggest tech kind of conference or event in North America and maybe the world. Yeah, it's and definitely so, one of the biggest ones. 
Yeah, I started going, I don't know, 2017, 2018. Anyways, I met Sonia Uh at that, you know, we were introduced by a mutual friend Uh and we met in 2019. It must have, you know, the one before COVID, I guess. Yeah. And we kept in touch. Uh And long story short was when I started Visto and started focusing more on tech, I I started sending her my clients and we ended up just forming a law firm together because we started working together, uh, you know, on files and on mm-hmm. firm management and marketing strategies and stuff. And we found out that we worked very well together. Mm-hmm. And so we joined forces and we've been working together ever since our, you know, we have an office downtown, not down, just north of downtown Toronto. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's proven invaluable because we've, you know, helped a lot of companies and clients and individuals. And as Visto has evolved and, and needs have changed or mm-hmm. adapted, we have a law firm that is ultimately kind of powering the back end of a lot of the technology. Yeah. So they kind of go hand in hand. That makes a lot of sense. I was actually going to say, like, um, especially for when you're building an immigration tech company, a big question many people have, like, how do you tie into all of this? And that makes sense because you already kind of have that immigration background and you know how you can support any candidates should they need the help along the way. Yeah. And the reality is with any type of tech is unless you're like a, unless you're a, a tech founder, you know, a, a techie tech founder yourself, yeah. meaning, you know, you can, you can write the te- the code, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. or you have a ton of resources and money and hiring. The yeah. first few iterations of your tech is probably not going to be that great. And there are usually steps that, and and I recommend to future founders that you Mm -hmm. do stuff manually first anyways, right? To kind of, number one, test the business model. Mm -hmm. And number two, go through the process manually so you can figure out the best way to then automate it. And so naturally with us too, especially at the beginning, there was a lot of stuff that still had to be done manually, which, you know, in our industry Mm -hmm. was done by immigration professionals. So it it was, it, it just went hand in hand very well. That makes a lot of sense. And now that you've touched upon it a little bit, could you tell us more about your actual journey with Visto? So how you ended up getting started and how you ended up focusing on particularly helping Canadian companies find tech talent from abroad, especially considering how big of a topic of conversation this is right now and everybody's realizing the value of it. And you realized, I'm guessing, a little bit earlier since you got into it. Yeah, so long story short is we started actually as a B2C platform. So uh-huh. my first iteration of what should Canadian immigration tech look like uh-huh. was a platform where someone who's outside Canada who wants to come to Canada or someone who's maybe inside Canada but you know wants help uh-huh. with their PR or citizenship could um, leverage a platform just like someone would use TurboTax to file uh-huh. their taxes. They would use our, ta- our technology to uh-huh. apply for their immigration program of choice. Got it. And I mean, we could go a, down a rabbit hole on why, you know, it, it didn't work as well as we thought it would, because uh-huh. in many respects, it was a success. We've had tens of thousands of people sign up and use our B2C app. Uh, we've had plenty Great of people person. use our thank you. Yeah, we, you know, we built technology that helped automate um express entry scores and eligibility for PNP programs, and, yeah, you know, the list goes on and on and it's actually still live on our website. So we still have, you know, people using it every day. It's great. But in terms of building a high tech, you know, high growth tech company, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it wasn't proving to be as successful as TurboTax, unfortunately. And Probably so we decided, yeah. 
Yeah, so we decided to pivot and um, went back to kind of the core of what my experience was in, thanks to some good mm. advice from one of our investors, and um, decided to pivot to where there seemed to be an even bigger pain point, especially you know now mm. it's becoming more of a pain every day, is hiring tech workers. And so For that's sure. what we've been focused on since. And uh, you know we, we launched a B2B platform a few months ago, and we're helping dozens of Canadian companies leverage immigration to uh -huh. build their teams just because it's so competitive inside the country. Salary expectations True. are so high. It's never been more expensive to hire, especially tech workers. Uh -huh. And despite how, you know, relatively easy sponsoring tech workers is, yeah. a lot of companies hesitate, rightfully so, because Maybe they've, you know, never experienced a program like GTS, or maybe they did it once uh -huh. themselves and it was a pain, you know, so we're making it easy and all in one place to hopefully uh -huh. promote more use of immigration for Canadian companies, because it's a huge asset, right? The fact that you can actually sure. hire from anywhere in the world, it changes the game. I agree. And actually, you touched upon this a little bit, but I think this is a very good time to go into it. So let's talk about some of the unique insights you've gained while working on Visto. Like what are the top one or two things you wish Canadian companies knew about hiring foreign tech talent and how it could be helpful for them per se? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the, the first thing would be immigration is easier than you think it is. Specifically in our case, if you're sponsoring foreign work, foreign tech workers. Because mm -hmm. there are many different immigration programs. And even when you're talking about sponsoring foreign workers, mm -hmm. there are different paths you might have to go down depending on your yeah. company, your location, what occupation you're trying to sponsor, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, if, if someone was trying to sponsor someone through like a traditional, you know, higher low wage LMIA, those can yeah. be a huge pain in the ass and take really? a really long time. But if you want to sponsor a tech worker, and want to work with someone like us with a program like the Global Talent Stream, it's a pretty easy mm -hmm. and smooth process now. Mm -hmm. And so the, the one thing that I always try to promote, this is whether people use our company or not, right? I don't really yeah. care, right? Mm -hmm. If they use Visto or maybe they have a lawyer or a consultant they're already working with, or they find a platform like yours or whatever, whatever. I think the more companies mm -hmm. that realize that if you're working, especially with the right partners, immigration is easier uh -huh. than you think. It's almost like unlocking a superpower because you go uh -huh. from competing with Canadian and North American companies on a very limited talent pool in Canada yeah. to, hey, you can recruit a great, you know, senior software developer from anywhere in the world. Yeah. And you're prob they're probably not getting other job offers from Canadian companies. Maybe they are, but maybe uh -huh. you know, more likely they're not as compared to domestic talent. And in most cases too, you can get them for a more reasonable salary because there, you know, there's that trade-off where they are looking to start a new life in Canada. And, uh -huh. and so the, the expectations are just a little bit more reasonable than someone who might be working at Shopify in Toronto or Ottawa yeah. And they're getting 10 LinkedIn messages a day from different, you know, Canadian tech startups trying, to, sure. trying to hire them. So that's number one. If, if you're really struggling to hire, just do a little bit of homework into seeing, you know, talk to someone like me or you or another immigration uh -huh. lawyer to, to really understand, you know, 
how much easier it might be than what's in your head. Um, That would be number one. And then number two, like don't discount the, how do I describe this? Like hiring someone from abroad and bringing them to Canada is more than just like filling another seat in your company, right? Of course. You're quite literally changing this person's life. Mm -hmm. You might be changing their entire family's life and future. And they're some of the most thankful and motivated and happy people that you'll ever hire. Right. And this goes beyond just, again, just like, okay, you know, we need to hit a quote of hiring 10 engineers. This is like, we want to build a company of, you know, excited, motivated, passionate people. And I think there's no, no better way to do that. Because you present them with such a unique opportunity. It's more than just a job to them. It's a chance at a new life or perhaps something they've been aspiring to have for a long time. There's so much you, such a big impact you have just by like helping them with this process. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I was actually going to say like, what are some of the advantages aside from the obvious like um, salary component? Like what are some of the advantages you see for companies to grow a tech team with foreign talent? Like, is there any feedback you have, for example, from your existing clients where you have landed people from abroad that are great tech professionals and started working for them? Yeah, I I think part of it is you can unlock a lot more experience or even like unique resumes Mm -hmm. than if you just stick to one country, right? If you're only hiring Canadian and, you know, not knocking hiring Canadians, obviously, but let's say you're only hiring in Canada, you're only hiring in the US, you know, you're hiring um, people who went to the same schools and grew up in the same cities as you did and had the same life experiences, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But when you go abroad, I mean, this is why, and I find it ironic that every Mm -hmm. company careers page will say, we promote diverse hiring, blah, 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 blah. But then they don't end up going out and hiring, you know, for diverse people. We all know the benefits of hiring diverse, you know, people. And that means geographically, by gender, you know, by, you know, backgrounds, cultures, exactly, languages, et cetera, et cetera. So we seem to preach it pretty well in Canada, but not that many companies actually necessarily walk the walk. Luckily, Luckily, we... Yeah, like we get to work with the companies that do, which which is really fun. And I think more and more companies are going to open up to it. But if you want to actually get the benefits of having a diverse team and not just throw it up on your careers page and you yeah. know, pretend, then start hiring people that grew up in different countries, different cultures, maybe English. A lot of people think English as a second language is a bad thing. It can yeah. be a really good thing when you have someone who grew up so differently and think so different differently, especially in something like tech and how that can improve, you know, the way they code, the way they, you know, build products, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's the biggest one, right? Like you're going to get so many diverse backgrounds and experiences and working with different companies and maybe working for different clients, speaking different languages. Or even with outsourcing, for example, if you have so many off, many companies have offices where you outsource to other countries and imagine you can have some of the talent in country as well, like establishing good communications with the outsourced talent. I think that's very important. Absolutely. And, and what happens along the same lines is, let's say you find a great developer in Brazil, right? Let's yeah. say you're new to hiring foreign talent. And you do some digging and you, you know, vetting and interviewing and you find a great developer, senior dev from Brazil, you bring him or her over and it's great. And you're like, you know what, let's do some more of this. 
you can now tap into their network back in Brazil because obviously they know other people in Brazil. They probably yeah. know other good senior engineers in Brazil, right? Sure. So now you're starting to build a network for referrals and new hires in other countries that you might have no idea. Like, for example, I didn't even know until a few years ago, Brazil has such a huge talent pool of yeah. smart, motivated, friendly, polite people yeah. that you can tap into. It's it's 10x the size of Canada, right? There's, I think, almost 400 million people in Very Brazil. Very huge country, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So th there's just, the, the, the benefits are endless. It's, it's just a matter of tapping into it and putting in place a system that makes it yeah. easy for your company to take advantage of it. Like our main goal with our platform mm -hmm. is to make it easy for Canadian tech companies to hire from abroad without having to deal with the extra work that comes with immigration because we automate most of it. And that's that's true. And like, there's so much great talent that we don't even know about in other countries and like helping them discover that. I think is a big component of like the work that you do or even the work that I do and many other companies are starting to understand. Yeah. And, and the other thing I'll say is like, just start hiring people remote to start, right? Maybe, of course. maybe, you, maybe you don't want to go all in, you know, you don't want to push yeah. the immigration chips all in, start hiring a few, you know, hiring a few abroad as mm -hmm. remote workers, find mm -hmm. the right people and, and then take it from there. Right. So you can, you can start small and ease into it. That's the beauty of uh, the change the COVID pandemic brought on that we are all very open to remote work now, or at least exactly. the benefits that remote work brings. So I actually wanted to look at the other side of the coin right now, because we have many professionals looking to immigrate to Canada that are listening to this podcast. And now, if they're already in tech, what are some of the recommendations you have for them to get started on their job search process in Canada from abroad? Like, how can they break into these uh, into this industry and like find opportunities because like you mentioned it can be pretty hard to find a job from Canada if you're located from outside of here uh, absolutely it's very hard so the first thing I always say is understand that it is very hard right and the reason yeah. I say that is because it can be easy to get demotivated if you're trying at it for such a long time and you're not successful of course. So the yeah. first thing is to set the right expectations, right? It can be very, very hard, depending on what your occupation is, how many years of experience, how good is your English, okay. et, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what I'll say is, so a couple things. Number one, I mean, you can sign up on our website, right? Because we, we're building out yeah. a database of tech workers that want to come to Canada so that we can match them with Canadian employers that are willing to hire foreign talent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and, and again, I don't want to make this all about me, me, me. There's other websites like, you know, companies like yours and others that help match foreign candidates with Canadian companies. So do some research, find the different platforms, sign up there. Um, the other thing I recommend is like what I usually say to our community, because, you know, we're building it into a bit of a community. We have some good blog posts, et cetera, et cetera, is one of my podcast guests recently said it this way. And I totally agree. And, and Nina will be guesting on my podcast as well. So everybody keep an eye out for that episode. But one of my recent guests said the days of just submitting your resume online to 500 companies and crossing your fingers are, are coming to an end, right? Yes. They, they, they probably are already over as many people have experienced, right? Just mm -hmm. submitting your resume, crossing your fingers, especially if you're outside Canada trying to get into Canada. Yeah. The two best things you can do are number one, try to find the companies that you know have sponsored people 
from outside the country yeah. before, because that means you have one less obstacle to overcome, right? Which is yeah. to convince them to actually convince them to actually bring you to Canada. Like you're speaking the same language already, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Because it's hard enough to find a job from outside Canada with a Canadian yeah. company. If they've also never done an immigration, you just probably made it three to four times harder. Because now you got to convince them to hire you. You got to also convince them to try out this thing called immigration that probably scares them a little bit. Of course. So that's number one. And that's, again, why the benefit of some of our platforms are we highlight you know, your profile to the companies that already are. Secondly, I think it all comes down to networking. And this goes, you know, to many different facets of life and, and business, right? There, there's so many benefits yeah. to all facets of life in, in networking. That's, you know, part of why you and I are even on this call right now, right? It's just sure. kind of networking through LinkedIn. Yeah. But um, if you want to separate yourself from the pile of 500, 1,000 applicants that that company's getting, you have to find a way to stand out, which usually means making a connection with some of the right people at that company. Yes. One thing that I highly recommend to skilled workers is not to actually necessarily reach out to people in HR and recruitment. You could, yeah. but keep in mind their inboxes are so flooded and they're so busy yeah. that it might be really tough to get through. So what I like to advise is let's say you're a, you know, intermediate software developer in mm -hmm. Brazil, and you're looking to land a job with a Canadian company. Mm -hmm. What I recommend doing is go find 30 or 50 of the top companies that you'd love to work at in Canada, right? Yeah. The ones that have a good product that you like, mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe you really want to live in Vancouver. So, you know, go find the ones in Vancouver. Yeah. Pull up their employee list. Mm -hmm. and find all the intermediate and senior software developers and reach mm -hmm. out to like five, 10 of them at each company and just be honest with them and just be like, Hey, Alex, you know, whatever. My mm -hmm. name is blah, blah, blah. I'm really interested in, you know, eventually starting a career mm -hmm. in Canada. I'd love to, you know, pick your brain on if you have any tips or advice on how you got into the industry or, you know, what would you do if you were in my shoes or, you know, something like that. Like a mentor play almost, like looking for mentorship and guidance. Yeah, exactly. Never go in just asking for a job because number yeah. one, they, they probably can't give it to you. And, and number two, like there's no worse way to start off a conversation than, hey, can you please give me this? Right? Like I want something, like help me do this thing. Yeah, exactly. And the other benefit too is the, the other reason why this can usually work, it won't always work, but hmm you're probably either connecting to a Canadian who Canadians tend to be pretty friendly or an immigrant in Canada who was in your shoes at one point, right? So if you go with them and just ask mm -hmm. them some genuine question, hey, I'm just looking for advice. What would you recommend? What's yeah. it like working at your company? How mm -hmm. did you land your job? You know, do you need any help? Like that's yeah. the other thing too, to flip the script, right? Like, hey, I'm an intermediate dev. You're an intermediate dev. You have any problems? Like, do you want to run some code by me, or you know, I, yeah. don't, I don't, I don't know what tech ways to upskill. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. Like, build an actual relationship with that person. Don't bug them. Don't waste their time. Don't take too much of their time. But keep in touch with them mm -hmm. and build a relationship. Because what happens a lot with Canadian companies is <laughs> when they are ready to hire. The manager will walk in or they'll virtually, you know, walk into the Zoom meeting and say, hey, everyone, uh, okay, we have these two new hires. Does mm -hmm. anybody have any recommendations? Send me their profiles. Yes. And so you want to pop up in people's heads. And then that guy, Alex, would think, 
oh, uh, Sean, this guy, like we've been messaging back and forth. He seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, I'm going to forward his profile to the hiring mm -hmm. manager. You know what I mean? So those are the shortcuts you're looking for to get your name at the top of the pile. It's yeah. not as easy as spam, you know, spam applying yeah. your resume 500 times. You have to be thoughtful about it this time. It's it's like anything, right, Nina? Like if it was easy, everyone would have a job in Canada. Yes. It's not easy. It's hard. And so you have to put in some extra work and some F extra effort if you want to get the extra results, right? I agree. You have to go. The way I always say it as a person that's also an immigrant, it's like you have to go up above and beyond. Like you have to demonstrate why you are better because you didn't start with the same playing field. So you have to level it. And I think that is a big problem and not even a problem, but almost like a like just the reality that people don't really understand or want to understand because they're just like, I just want to get a job. That should not be that hard. But the truth that it is. Yeah. And, and, and you and I aren't saying it's fair per se, <laughs> but like you said, it's how the world works. Right. So if, if you want to get honest with yourself and give yourself the best chance at success, I, I think that's how yeah. you have to approach it. I think you summarize it really well. And one thing I wanted to ask is like, is there anything else that you'd like to add, like any top takeaways about the work that Visto does and how it can help both Canadian companies and great immigrant tech talent achieve their goals? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we, we covered a lot of the main stuff. Like exactly. the, the beauty of what we're doing is like, you don't need magical technology to solve some of these problems, right? And by some of these problems, I mean, make immigration easier so more companies are willing to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. Have better marketplaces and platforms so that the right talent can find the right companies. Uh, make it easier to actually prep and submit more applications so that legal yeah. teams can save time, et cetera, et cetera, right? None of this is magic. None of it requires crazy deep tech AI, NLP, machine learning, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, we have the basics kind of all in one place to streamline mm -hmm. everything. I think ultimately it comes down to saving people time, right? We want yes. companies to save time so that they can find better people quicker. And we want candidates to save time so they don't have to apply to a thousand different companies and, and yeah. do all this outreach and et cetera, et cetera. So we're trying to take the shortcuts and make them easier for both sides because mm -hmm. this is very much a two-sided problem, right? Yes. Or, or, or both sides are affected by this problem. And the reality is if, if there were no borders, if there was no such thing as immigration, yeah. a lot of the problems would be solved, right? Because a Canadian tech company who's trying to hire for like 30 open tech roles right now would go into all these countries and yeah. hire them and be like, okay, come back on the plane with us. But unfortunately, there's this, you know, big, scary monster guy, girl called immigration yeah. sitting in the middle. And so really what we're trying to do is take away that difficulty. Unfortunately, we can't reduce processing times. That's a whole other conversation regarding immigration yeah. Canada. Yeah. But we can make all the processing and management uh, and prep a lot easier Optimize. and take that headache away. Exactly. Optimize as much as possible. But I think one of the I think one of the unique insights I've gained in the immigration space, and maybe you have as well, it's a very much a two-sided marketplace. And I think that's what also makes it so complicated because you have to work with such different people, personalities, processes on both sides and kind of find a point where they meet and match them. And that's I think is what makes our job both unique and also so rewarding. 
Yeah, in our spaces, yes, there's other interesting parts of immigration too that are more one-sided, like permanent residence, right? Many of the permanent residence pathways, you don't need uh, a job offer or, yes. or employment confirmation, uh, study permit applications, right? I mean, you need the school approval letter, this the letter of support, but then at the end of the day, it's, you know, student is applying to IRCC, citizenship, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's a lot of these other avenues too that are, you know, ripe for innovation, yeah. And hopefully there's some other people out there too building exciting solutions. You know, we see apply board is in the international student space. Yeah. And there's actually a lot more of it in the US. I'm seeing more and more tech companies automating family sponsorship and citizenship yes. applications. I've seen a like couple that. of those in the US as well. I'm actually seeing a couple of platforms trying to automate the uh, express entry application process and the visa application processes, which is, I know, a big pain for sometimes both sides to fill out. So definitely mm. lots of innovation starting there. Yeah, it'll be an interesting space to keep an eye on in the next five, 10 years, I think. I agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this valuable information. Um, as we wrap up, could you tell us one fun fact about yourself, like something you use during an icebreaker? I know, like, I don't know if anybody has one, but it's just for the audience to get to know you better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't think about this ahead of time. Uh, I would say this more something more timely. I'm training to run my first and probably only marathon. <laughs> I'll be running in Ottawa in a week and a half. I, I was never wow. a runner growing up, but I got it in my head. I signed up for it in 2020, got canceled by COVID. So I, you know, signed oh, up for it it's again. Now it's stuck up on you. <laughs> yeah. So now uh, I think I'm ready to go. I'm excited. Uh, hopefully I survive. And um, yeah, if, if there's so if there's any other runners or anything like that out there, then, uh, you know, I'm always open to tips and advice. But by the time this goes live, hopefully I'll have already survived it. Um, I'm not a runner myself. I don't think I ever will be. So <laughs> I wish you the best of luck. I think that it's a very rewarding endeavor. Uh, well, awesome. It was great speaking with you, Josh. Thank you so much for joining today. Likewise, thank you for uh, having me on the show. And by all means, if, if anyone wants to learn more about us or connect, uh, you can check out the companies at visto.ai, V-I-S-T-O.ai, and feel free to reach out uh, on LinkedIn with me directly as well. Yeah, I'll be linking everything in the show notes as well so that people can find you easily afterwards. Sounds good. Thanks again for having me on, Nino. Of course. Thank you so much for tuning into My Immigrant Story. We hope you're going to join us again soon.